2: Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have like a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the
0: Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs>
2: You're talking like I'm fifty. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to the Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts.
3: Hey everyone, it's Lindsey Rhodes, and I've got a new podcast, the NFL Road Show
2: You can find us on Twitter at OnTheDailyDFS. You can find me at SalidoFF. And of course, my fellow co-hosts at Matt Jones, TFR, and at TJ Calkins as well. We are here to take you game by game through the main slate for week 16, Christmas week. And for many of you, championship week in your season long leagues. Merry Christmas, guys. And also, happy Festivus. It is Festivus tonight and uh before I jumped on to to record with you gentlemen we did our annual Festivus episode and we know that it comes with the airing of grievances Matt TJ supplied us with what made him angry this year so if you could just tell me one thing about the fantasy football season that pissed you off or maybe more things just one thing yeah I will have at it we got we could be here for two hours tonight go ahead
3: um I mean, the most recent thing that has me tilted is the the Cam Akers ankle sprain. Really not uh, not not great for for the old brand. Um, other than that, I think it's probably. Hmm. I'm trying to think of who's cost me the most money this year, maybe. But like Jonathan Taylor kind of made up for it. So I'm having a hard time. I don't know, I just suck this year. It's been a it's been a bad uh few weeks for me. So it's just just uh you know, the old the old process has been good, but the results have not. So we're uh we're just we're chugging along.
2: <laughs> yeah, and we were getting a little bit of feedback there. I think it might have been my headphones actually, so I just took them off altogether and I just got you guys playing right over the computer. So my neighbor will get to enjoy all of us tonight. Uh TJ <laughs> You complained about Mike Tomlin and we aired that on the show. Let let the people know your feelings on Mike Tomlin.
1: Hey Amen. Uh people were for whatever reason talking about this guy in the same sentence as Florida's for coach of the year. And then this dumb son of a bitch, he goes and benches his best player half, costs his team a game, costs me playoff matchups which is far more important than the Steelers. I mean, let's be honest here. So, yeah, I mean, that one, that one half of missing Deontay targets was actually just uh, the most tilting thing of the year in a year full of tilting things.
2: Yeah, and it, it, the first game on our slate is the Pittsburgh Steelers hosting the Indianapolis Colts with a total of 45. So let's just get right into it with the Steelers. They are free-falling right now after starting off 0-11. I'm perfectly good with that because of all teams in the NFL that I like to root against, it is the Pittsburgh Steelers. And it's mostly because I just do not like Ben Roethlisberger. And that may have been the worst game I have ever seen Ben Roethlisberger play in his career. He's definitely old, fat, and coming to the end of the career. But what it, it did not affect the aforementioned uh, Deontay Johnson, who had 13 targets last week. He's doing a little bit better job of pulling him and he pulled in eight of them he comes in this week, TJ, down a few bucks to $6,300. So should I expect that you will have Deontay locked and loaded again in your lineups against a tough indie defense?
1: There's just been one thing or another this season to keep his price depressed. And I still think we're going back two weeks ago where the benching is keeping his price depressed. The volume is not going anywhere. As long as he's healthy on the field – we don't have to worry about the Tomlin idiocy anymore. It, it's just insane. I, I I don't care what the matchup is. You could tell me he's being double teamed by Trey White and Ramsey on every snap and thirteen targets, sixty three hundred from Deontay. I'm still going to play him. So, uh, where are you at on that, Matt?
3: Yeah, no. I mean, obviously, you just have to you just have to play Deontay every chance that you get. Um, would he end up with, like, 12 or 13 targets last week? Like, it's it's silly. Like, it, it takes him being benched or getting hurt to not have 10 targets in a game. So you just have to keep playing him.
2: <laughs> yeah, and the, the other guys, uh, Claypool, has had three straight stinkers. Uh, James Washington has been worked more to the offense as we know that's actually a guy that Ben Roethlisberger ben prefers to have on the field and go downfield. To him and i will actually so i've been i am in a championship where i've been playing claypool and Deontay every week together and i'm actually gonna sit claypool for a different receiver and i will tell you who that is when we get to that game you guys can give me your opinion on that um it's so I don't
3: like it's almost claypool's like touchdowns are insustainable right <laughs> wait i'm sorry you both spoke at <laughs> <this game. laughs>
1: no but matt made a good point matt make your point but then we're gonna talk about the sound like it.
3: No, I was just going to say, like, it's almost like those touchdowns weren't sustainable. Like, he he's hit the bonus once this year at Claypool. Like, he, like come on. I, I mean, I get it. Like, there's there's definitely something there. Um, and he definitely has room to grow in the offense. But, like, if you're banking on him, you know, he's he's around, like, 40, 50 yards every week. You're banking on a couple of touchdowns from him. Um, and... Those have dried up over the past month, so you're just not gonna you're not gonna get there with with Claypool at 5900, uh, with him not scoring a touchdown.
1: And the snaps actually got less consistent too, right? You mm-hmm. know, the snaps went down.
3: Yep. But
1: yeah, Sal just put the Moike on himself. Uh, Claypool is now <laughs> going to have four touchdowns this week on three targets. So
2: I have I have done it well this year. I have like myself in more ways than I'd like to be uh, admitting to. Uh, Juju, as we know, is not a fan favorite on this show. Uh, Juju is at 6000 Why would you pay 6000 when for 6300 You could have the better wide receiver on the team. James Conner in full on Wednesday. It's, I don't think we want anything from the Steelers running game. But let's talk about the running game on the Colts side. Uh, listen, Jonathan Taylor is still very reasonably priced at $7,300 for the volume and touches he is getting. Uh, but this is an extremely tough matchup, Matt. Uh, volume over matchup or matchup over volume this week. Do you want to play John, uh, Taylor, Jonathan Taylor, regardless of this matchup?
3: I mean, buddy, if, if you're talking to me about matchups, I don't know what to tell you. (laughs) Of course. Like I, I, I can't, I can't imagine a world where I would care, uh, about a matchup in general. Like, I just, I think it's, I think it's silly. Like if, if you're going to, if you're going to get him, what did he have 20 ish 21 opportunities last week he had more than 20 the week before like if he's just gonna keep seeing that volume like i'm gonna i'm gonna bet on that and uh you know deal with it when when it doesn't quite work out um i think that this this quote unquote matchup is probably um a lot like sort of reliant on the fact that they were winning for so long in the beginning of the year and now they're not. So they kind of suck and they're not really doing much. Um So, yeah, I mean, I think, I think it's pretty, I think it's pretty easy um, to, to bet on that volume. And I don't think his ownership is going to be crazy. Like I think most likely he'll probably slot in right around like 10 to 12% probably, what was he 20% last week um so i mean I think. Yeah, oh, yeah like you're you're talking about um you know an ownership discount so that's probably because of the matchup but i think that his ceiling remains the same maybe his median outcome drops a little bit but i don't think that um i don't think his ceiling changes much he could still score a touchdown or two uh and if he has you know 20 to 25 touches like why why wouldn't you why wouldn't you want that somewhere in your exposures?
1: Honestly, I'll be shocked if he hits ten percent this week. I don't think he yeah. gets to ten. I don't think there's any way.
2: Yeah. So then he's locked and loaded in our lineups so at seventy-three hundred with really well nice game.
1: game. I'm I, I'm gonna be a little less uh, pushy because I do believe there's a narrative and a correlation play on the Pittsburgh side. Uh, they can't run the ball. I mean, at least not with Connor. We're probably gonna get Connor. Playing this week, and Deontay's honestly an extension of the run. You know, he, bubble screen him. He's the best run after the catch player on the team, everyone included. So thirteen targets, extension of the run game. Run game correlation goes with the defense. We have a defense in Heinz Field in damn near January, playing against Phillip Rivers. So <laughs> as opposed to the back that kind of needs rushing volume on the other side, I'm going to lean more towards the Pittsburgh defense and go with that. Uh, I, I probably won't play a Colt this week. If I do, it might be Hines if uh, I want to push that trailing narrative.
2: Yeah, and, I, and I'm off the uh, the rest of the Colts team as well. So, Matt, if you don't have anybody else on the Colts you want to talk about, we can – jump into the Carolina – oh, TJ is back.
1: No, Ben, I hope I'm wrong. I hope hope they're trailing, you know, and then I hope Taylor just runs all the routes, gets the targets. That would be awesome. (laughs) I'd love to see that.
2: Let's jump over to the Carolina Panthers and the Washington football team, who, by the way, Daniel Snyder is considering that as the permanent name. I don't know if you saw that news the last two days. He is considering Washington football team to be the permanent name of that team, Uh, this is a 44-and-a-half point total. Guys, take coaches out of the equation. Is there a dumber person in the NFL than Dwayne Haskins? I mean, <laughs> this guy is
1: – Just <laughs> Snyder.
2: <laughs> That's right. I always said coaches, take out anybody, any non-players. I mean, we don't know who we're going to get a quarterback this week because Alex Smith is still a little bit banged up. And Dwayne Haskins may be – reprimanded by the league uh the team doesn't seem to be reprimanding him right now he was at practice today around all their players after being seen unmasked at a strip club with his face basically in the booty so uh guys i i was a week early um on my favorite player jd mckissick he saw a much favorable 10 targets this past week he put up 25.7 points total he is priced all the way up to 6400 that might be a little dangerous for a player like him and meanwhile, Antonio Gibson at 6,600, he's limited in practice on Wednesday. This is an absolute ideal matchup if Antonio Gibson could play. So I ask you, are you comfortable if it's straight McKissick with no Gibson playing at 6,400? And obviously, if Gibson is active, are you ready to go right back to him coming off of that type of injury or is
3: it scare you away? Matt, we'll start with you. I mean – what a year that we're playing JD McKissick at sixty four hundred dollars <laughs> on DraftKings.com. <laughs> like what's happening?
2: You you respect him, damn it.
3: No, I mean, listen, he he's almost up to the 15 targets that you called for two weeks later. <laughs>
2: <laughs> just missed it. Just listed that first week with one one total target.
3: <laughs> um man, I don't know. Like I, I don't really feel like I need to like I need to go crazy on this and like jam them in um it's kind of a weird price I feel like for uh just for like builds like I I you know I typically just screw around and build like a ton of lineups just to like see like how things fit in and I just don't really see myself landing in this like 64 to 6600 range like if I'm if I have the extra money I'm probably going up to Taylor and if I don't quite have enough like there are some other options a little bit lower that I like so I, I don't know if I'm really like going crazy trying to get these guys in Um but TJ maybe you feel uh, differently
1: oh, I, I'm scripting this game a certain way and I think Washington does win I think the defense is enough to win the game uh, which means McKissick would be out of play for me if Gibson is out. But if Gibson is in, against Carolina. I mean, imagine do matter. to me, and I absolutely, I absolutely want to play Gibson. Um, I mean, if we're looking at Taylor versus Pittsburgh, Gibson versus Carolina, for me, that's, that, that's a huge, huge, steep difference. And I, I would much rather pay same price for Gibson in this spot than Taylor this week uh I know we'll probably come back to that next week we always have a little a little disagreement that we come back to the following week but uh Gibson for me uh and it looks like he's going to play I'm going to be out of 100
3: over Pollard too like he's right in between those two guys so, like you like you would rather play Gibson over Pollard well, you can <laughs> assuming play, Zeke is out
1: yeah like you can play Pollard Gibson and then I'm happy with that
2: Well, uh, you know, let's talk about the rest of the, the Washington football team. Terry McLaurin mispracticed Wednesday with an ankle injury. And as TJ has elaborated here before, it's just this, it's not a good situation right now for him. It's not a talent issue for him, it's a talent, a quarterback issue for him. So it's $6,700, not a really good play. Uh, Matt, you and I, at the beginning of the year, played a lot of Logan Thomas and did not get any of the return that people have been playing in the last few weeks have gotten. He's got two 24-plus point games in the last three weeks, and the other one was a double-digit output as well. He is up to $4,900. He's no longer the cheap option, but um, it's clear that he is an option in this offense. So, Logan Thomas.
3: I think – I think all of the times that I've rostered him combined haven't uh, added up to the fantasy points that he's put up in, in any <laughs> of the last three weeks by themselves. <laughs> it's uh it's a tough, very tough scene. Um, yeah. I mean, it, you know, like tight ends suck. Like, there's just there's just no there's just no tight ends they're just all bad except for travis kelsey like that's thomas it.
1: price is the tight end three this week by <laughs> the way we need to we need to mention that
2: graham barfield put a tweet out tonight that, that he's gonna so get tattooed on his back tight end is never deep uh this year so i found yeah. that an interesting tweet
1: <laughs> the graham i the, love you i'm yeah, I assume I'm going to get an angry DM, but thank you, Captain Obvious. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, Graham.
3: Just like we we talked about in the beginning of the year with the, uh, you know, like the tear breaks that they were doing where like the top guy. Was just way more expensive than the second top guy in, in at different positions, and this week it's eighty five hundred for Kelsey to fifty seven hundred for Mark Andrews. It's almost three thousand dollar difference to the second tight end, um, which you know essentially tells you all that you need to know about the tight end position this year. Yeah, and
1: it's yeah. almost like they inflated these the second through what seventh tight end it's like they inflated the pricing just to get it closer to kelsey you know just to make it yeah. seem like there was yeah. less of a gap. i mean that, that's the way it feels to me
3: anyway yeah for sure
2: yeah i can't see paying the uh the 5700 number on andrews this week there should probably be well one thing you could be guaranteed is there'll probably be almost no ownership on them if you want to get there but that's a game we'll get to a little bit later over on the carolina side uh, you know, So we're not seeing what we need out of Davis anymore. He is priced up at 6,500, and he's splitting touches at this point. I mean, it was a good game a week or two ago, but it's not consistent any longer. The same thing for Robbie Anderson in this offense. It's, it's not con- consistent any longer. Curtis Samuel has fallen off after having about a five-week run where was, he seemed to be the man of this offense, and I think we're left with a very reasonably priced DJ Moore at $5,800. TJ, I know both you and Matt are DJ Moore fans or have been in the past. Uh, $5,800 too good of a price to pass up this week for
1: DJ Moore? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I'm not going to lock him or anything, but I'm certainly going to play DJ Moore. And I already talked about I expect Washington to win this game. I expect him to control this game. And I think most players on these offenses are game script dependent. You look at Thomas, you look at uh, McKissick, these blow-up games, they come when they're trailing in the second half. This target volume goes through the roof. And it's almost the anti-same thing for Mike Davis. You know, if they're leading, then he's kind of getting more carries, getting more touches, more involved. I don't expect that to happen. So, in turn, I think uh, they know who their top receiver is now. I think after a full season, there's the cats the cat's out of the bag rule, hey, you know, shocker. So yeah, DJ Moore is the one player on the Carolina side I would have interest in.
3: Yeah, I mean look at look at the guys around him like you're you're going uh between him or Claypool or Marquise Brown. Like he's in a tier uh as far as pricing goes this week that's just silly. Like he should he should be up closer to like Cooper Cup like that price range where it would uh, potentially be more of a decision in like that mid six range. But at like 5,800, I feel like is, is just silly for him.
1: Yeah, man. I think the one guy in that neighborhood to compare him to that's like playable is Amari at home. Right.
2: Okay, well rolling along to the Atlanta Falcons at the Kansas City Chiefs, we have our only 50 plus point game on a slate. It, it's a small slate of 10. We lose a game to Christmas Day and two to Saturday night and it's, but it seems like we had five, six, 50 plus point games a week throughout most of the season, but man, there's definitely the scoring has definitely falling off and listen, every week we go through this if you can fit them in, Mahomes, Hill and Kelsey. You fit them in some way. You want to get them in there somewhere because they're basically hitting pretty much in every week. Now Hill is not practicing on Wednesday with a hamstring injury. So $19,000 might be a little prohibitive for a guy who's a little hampered and they have other options and they might want to go slow because they're getting close to the playoffs. So it's something to keep an eye on. But I think the interesting person on Kansas City this week is Lev Bell. Lev Bell comes in at 5,800. We're not going to see CEH. Probably the rest of the year, even into the playoffs, so was a pretty ugly looking injury. We'll have to see where he lands. But at fifty eight hundred dollars, he did see fifteen carries and one target last week. He found the end zone, Matt. I I could see by your face you don't love uh, Le'Veon Bell, but so give us your your synopsis on Rev.
3: This is the ultimate. Like I I can see into the future, and I will I will be perfectly content. Uh, with my decision making if I'm sitting there Sunday afternoon and Le'Veon Bell is the reason that I lost money like I'll be okay with not playing him I feel like I just I I can't in good conscience uh play like I get I get the theory I get the idea behind it all uh I just don't just don't care like i just I can't, I, can't, I can't do it like because the the alternative is me playing him and being like oh i believe in Le'Veon bell he's gonna get this volume and then like when it doesn't work then i'm just gonna be like i fucking played Le'Veon bell
2: <laughs> i gotta feel <laughs> tj is gonna disagree with you a little bit
3: oh for sure i know he is because he's smart like
1: <laughs> it, oh no no, no, no. I, i'm kind of on the fence here uh you know, this will be the second time we mentioned Pollard before getting into that game. But if Zeke plays, then, uh, I mean, there's another running back I'm matching in, obviously, uh, that we haven't gotten to yet either. But if we see that Zeke's going to play, then, you know, all of a sudden uh, a flex or RB2 spot is opening up. And yeah. I would have some interest at some level playing Bell. Uh, The target volume, it remains to be seen. I mean, we have zero sample here, except for the end of the game last week, and that's without a game plan going into the game for Bell. So if we kind of see, I don't know, I almost feel like the CEH role was dumbed down from Damien last year, you know, as he progresses as a pro. And I don't think it needs to be that way with Bell. And we could see that Damien playoff role which would be an absolute smash. So yeah. I do think there's a ceiling there, but it's completely it, honestly, it's guesswork. And I think I want to play some, but I not even consideration for locking or anything like that.
2: Yeah, no, I don't think it's a lock thing. Go ahead. Yeah,
3: man. and I mean you have to like you know everybody who's listening to this uh, probably knows the the way that I play and the way that that TJ plays. Like if I was making more lineups then I think he would probably be in heavier consideration for me but if I'm making you know six or seven lineups on Sunday I just I you know I if especially assuming that Pollard is uh in play I just feel like that that build isn't that far off and I just feel like that's where I that's where I end up going most of the time um Maybe, maybe, maybe I'll feel differently uh, closer to lock, but I don't. I just, I just can't with Le'Veon Bell.
2: <laughs> well, guys, just what you think you could throw a towel in on Matt Ryan? He throws for three fifty-six for three touchdowns against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Listen, he's dirt cheap at fifty-eight hundred dollars this week, and this is not a great uh, Kansas City pass defense. You can you can throw on them, and they're going to be throwing to keep up with this offense. It's going to probably come with some turnovers out of Matt Ryan, but it's a very reasonably priced stack at $5,800 with Calvin Ridley, who's been absolutely a stud, especially with Julio added there. Now Julio's still not practicing. I'm doubting we're going to see him this week. Uh, Matt, any chance you're going to start uh, Matt J- Matt Ryan and maybe get a little stack with Calvin Ridley this week?
3: I mean, for, for Matt Ryan's sake, I hope I don't play him because I think that this is another situation where I probably how he played him in all of his worst weeks and Ooh. uh and faded him when he's done well. Um, I'm for sure gonna have like plenty of exposure to Calvin Ridley. Um it really just depends on where the rest of my build goes. Like I I wrote about it for the article this week. Like we we're missing so many of those like top, top guys as far as the expensive running backs go that I feel like you can like get a little creative with your builds this week um so like i don't know if i necessarily need to like in on a week where derrick henry and dalvin cook are on the slate i think that it's a different consideration because you you need that like you know lower price quarterback to stack with but i don't know i feel like you could kind of do like whatever you want this week. So I don't know if I necessarily want to get Matt Ryan. I don't know if that makes sense, but like, I don't I like if I really feel like jamming a bunch of guys in, then yeah, I'll probably play Ryan to Ridley. But outside of that, like, I don't think you need to go there necessarily. He's playing outdoors. I don't want him. I go. mean,
1: it, it truly is as simple as that. I, I, when it comes to DFS, I won't play Matt Ryan if he's not in the this Delta, would be so way
3: funner if it was. I did just say funner Atlanta, if it yes. was in Atlanta.
1: 100 <laughs> uh, percent agree. I mean that would be that, that could be attractive. This would game, be like would a be
3: 59 awesome. total if it was inside. <laughs> but yeah. Oh my! I want to see Tyreek play indoors every week. Like I know.
2: No, uh, it would be uh, it would be ugly for the uh for the defenses for sure. Well, DJ, where are you where do you land then on? The Atlanta weapons, uh, Russell Gage at $5,100. He's got three straight 15-plus point uh, games. I had him in my flex last week. It was enough to to give me a good cash day. He was part of a good lineup for me last week. Um, obviously, I'm not playing him if Julio plays, but would you go with Gage again? Should Julio miss again? No,
1: Honestly, I, I think it all stems from Ryan and then – Guys just don't hit, you know, and he's certainly not at the top of the t- target totem there. So, yeah, I, I I think I'm completely out on the Atlanta offense, which is weird to say on what I believe is the highest total game on the slate. So, but I'm uh, just not touching him.
2: All right. Well, I mentioned earlier that the dumbest player in the NFL currently was Dwayne Haskins. Um the overall dumbest organization, the New York Jets, cannot even suck correctly. I mean, this team, they literally threw a game against the This is the a family show, Sal. <laughs> I believe you cursed earlier today.
3: <laughs> I know. Now I have to go and bleep that out. I wrote down when I said it.
2: So the uh, the Jets like blew a game I felt on purpose to the Raiders earlier this year to maintain the 0-16 tank for Trevor season. And so they insane. go on the road to the Rams and beat a playoff bound Rams team whose defense has been top two in the league this year. It just doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Um, with that said, um, I don't know that I'm going to play any Jets. So I'll, I'll leave that to you two guys to jump in. But if nobody's going to jump in, we could jump right to the Cleveland side.
1: No, I want to talk about how hilarious it is. You said where they purposely lost the game. And then they fired Williams so they didn't get fine draft picks for throwing a game. I, swear, I mean that's seriously, right? So now you see Gase win this game when the only thing you can't do is win. It makes me wonder if Anthony Lynn coached this team if they'd go sixteen and
2: zero. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> well, let's jump on a Williams. <laughs> <line.
1: laughs>
2: TJ, let's get right into Cleveland. I mean, your hometown team, Baker Mayfield, is coming at $6,100 this week. He actually looks like the quarterback they expected when they drafted him, number one overall, and the pass-catching weapons have gotten a a boost as a result. The biggest beneficiary has been Jarvis Landry, who, by the way, is the player I'm going to play over Chase Claypool this week in that final. Uh, But would you have Jarvis Landry priced up um, for him? Would you have him in your DraftKings lineups this week, TJ?
1: Hard no. I mean, uh, this is – if we look back uh, at what the Browns have done against these absolutely putrid teams, uh, it it tends to be Chubb. And Chubb smashes for like 130 to 150 on the ground, at least one touchdown in those games. And it it just kind of takes the pass catchers out of play for me. I, I, I think Kareem Hunt actually becomes secondary in play because the backs will just kind of own this game, and I'm going to play Chubb at a low level. I think he hits, but I don't want to pay the price because I like a running back better at the same price.
2: What about Rashad Higgins at 4800 He's gotten plenty of work the last couple weeks.
1: I mean, this is going to be just a massive drop-off in volume for Baker, so I'm just kind of staying away from the pass catchers in general. I think that's... That's got to be it. They've been throwing way more than I like them to. Honestly, I, I I'd rather see a more balanced uh, attack. And I think the game script in this one is going to be more more along those lines. What do you think? Matt? Yeah, Matt. What are your feelings on that?
3: Yeah, I mean, this is setting up for <clears throat> you know the the Jets were talking about uh, how that was like their Super Bowl last week. Like how how embarrassing it's that like frame of mind to be like, yeah, no, we, we avoided going. Oh, and 16. That was our super bowl. Like, it's just so ridiculous. Um, so I think that this is probably a spot where they just get smashed. Um, I think that in general, like Cleveland has done a really good job against inferior teams. Like they've, you know you can say what you want about baker you can say what you want about the browns in general but they've taken care of business when they like should win games for the most part this season um you know that's probably narrative stuff that i don't usually like put a lot of weight into. Right, but, except like, for that stupid raiders true. game right exactly like imagine losing to the uh formerly oakland raiders
2: uh yeah well Kansas City New Orleans Cleveland but we lost to the Falcons <laughs> blown out by the Falcons <laughs> down to Las Vegas the Jets anyway
3: <laughs> but yeah I mean I I think I'm definitely higher on Landry uh than T J is but I completely uh it's more of an ownership play like I I see Woods and cup being more owned sort of surrounding him, uh, in the pricing. And I just think that there's a chance that he goes under owned relative to what he could potentially do. Like there's nothing, there's nothing saying that the, the Browns can't, you know, blow out the jets and he scores two touchdowns. And then you're talking about like a decent game from him. So, um, not, not a cash play by any means. The floor is just, it's, you know, probably eight points. Um, but I do think there's a ceiling there with Landry, um, and I, I just I, I don't know. I, I think that they, I think it just depends on who the touchdowns go to. Uh, there's there's definitely a script where Landry scores no points, Higgins scores no points, and Chubb just completely demolishes. Um, but you know, it could it could also go the other way, uh, where Chubb gets a ton of yards and Landry and Higgins combine for the three or four touchdowns. So. Uh, yeah, I think that. Um, I think Landry is fine, uh, but I don't think he's somebody that you're like prioritizing this week.
2: And, and based on TJ's proclamation on the Maloik, knowing that I'm doing Landry over Claypool this week, there you go, probably not going to happen. <laughs> um, so Nick Claypool Chubb just
1: had his fifth touchdown on three targets. I mean, it oh. just happened,
2: <laughs> son of a bitch. So Nick Chubb at $7,800, he's not priced like cook he's not priced like derrick henry but he has that type of break uh, break the slate ability so it's 7800 uh to tj's point very reasonable for a guy that could absolutely wreck everything on sunday um cincinnati Bengals at the houston texans a total of 46 somehow the texans are favored by nine points i know they're home but they're favored by nine points over the Bengals, who just demolished Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh last week. And I know it's you know it's narrative. You can't every game does carry over to the next game, but you know, Houston sucks. And Houston has lost a lot of ridiculous. They've lost games in an epically bad Atlanta Falcons kind of way this year. And I just cannot imagine that that spread in this game. With that said, I there's nobody on the Houston side I'm interested in outside of maybe a very cheap Jordan Aikens at thirty three hundred dollars. Uh, against one of the worst tight end defenses in the league Matt anybody on Houston before I know TJ's not interested he's shaking his head so
3: I mean I yeah I, get I love I love me some Deshaun Watson so I'm uh I, I I guess I'm on an island here but um yeah like I I want to play a bunch of of Deshaun and I want to figure out how to uh had how to, how to stack them up a couple different ways. I think that uh, like I get what you're saying, but I think that like that was the anomaly in a weird uh, you know division game um, and I think that this just plays out completely differently. I don't think that Euson is like you know some sort of some sort of world beaters or anything, but I do think um, I do think that they can score. On Cincinnati, and I think that it's uh, it could provide a nice ceiling game for uh, for Watson this week.
2: Watson Hanson stack for you this
3: week, yeah. Good old, good old Chad
2: over on the Cincinnati side. Um, at $4,800, Giovanni Bernard gets this brutal, brutal run defense. Geo saw twenty five carries at one target last week. That is not a Geo Bernard game, but they finally started to actually give him the ball, running it. So TJ, um, is, should we just lock him in as an RB two or possibly a flex this week?
1: Oh, definitely play Geo, but cannot trust. You know, like you cannot trust to, to use the word lock like it. That that doesn't happen no matter how how much of a sieve Houston is uh, to backs. That's not the case. But last week we saw a difference. I mean, Brandon Allen was painful. Finley at least brought some level of competence. And now they're playing this Houston team that, since Willer with a Willer, since Will Fuller went away, they are scoring fifteen points a game and allowing thirty. So this is a team that is absolute trash, and probably more trash than Cincinnati is. I just got done writing my Betting Plays article. I thought Cincinnati was the most mislined game of the week, and I thought you can make a case for them to be a very, very small favorite. So if they're leading that game, it's a close game. I understand Watson. Uh, quarterback is so wide open this week. Uh, Watson is one of those guys that could play naked and be completely happy with that, and he could smash. I think I'd rather paid 600 down for a different quarterback but, uh, yeah, no Texans, some Geo, and that is the extent of this game for me, I believe.
2: Yeah, Matt, do you have anything to add about the, the receiving options in Cincinnati? I, I mean, I don't. I think we've, we've been off of the wide the receivers there for a few weeks now. But, you know, I'll give you the opportunity if you have anything to say.
3: Yeah, I mean, I I don't really feel like that. I don't feel like I need to. I need to jam those in. Um, I, I don't hate. I don't hate Higgins, um, but that's just like if you if you feel like this game is uh, lined incorrectly as far as the spread goes, but they um, the total might hold. Then I think that you could probably tell yourself that uh, you know this game goes back and forth, and there might be some sort of under the radar uh, fantasy scoring here that could be uh, that could be uh, found. That's all. Hey,
2: listen, and with Boyd banged up, if he doesn't play, right, or is limited, that opens the role up a little bit more for Higgins, so that's something to pay attention to. But yeah. Matt, pay our bills, you sir.
1: Might get oh. a, you might get a 3K Alex Erickson uh, getting targets. So, I mean, that's a super deep play, but I, I don't think it's impossible.
2: Get the steel balls out, TJ. Go ahead, Matt.
3: All right. Our first, uh, our first sponsor tonight is Indeed. 2020 has already reshaped how we work and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical and Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly so that you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Indeed's new way of matching with your matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria, and you can contact them the moment you sponsor a job, which makes Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. 73% of online job seekers in the U.S. are visiting Indeed each month. According to ComScore, and it's clear that Indeed can help you get the quality hire that you need. That's why more than three million—that's absurd—three million businesses worldwide use Indeed for hiring. That's crazy, uh, right? I thought I was reading that wrong. That's how crazy that number is, right? Right now. <laughs> Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. And if you are listening to this, you only have a week left for this offer before it goes away. Terms and conditions apply. Make sure that you go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Our other... Uh, loyal sponsor of course is bet online football's back in full swing and even though you might not be at a game this year you can still be in on the action at bet online they're going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win that means game spreads totals team and player props bet online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else you can get in on their uh, bonuses today and start off wagering on pretty much anything that you can think of, they still have futures up uh, for the Super Bowl, and uh, another fun wrinkle is the live betting feature that they have. Um, so you're watching a game, you feel like you have a read on it, and you can bet, uh, you know, current lines rather than the pregame lines. So head over to Bet Online today. Take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Use the promo code blue wire at betonline.ag. That's all Blue Wire, all one word. online, your online sportsbook experts.
2: You know, speaking of those live lines coming out of halftime of the Steelers Bengals game. The Steelers were at a plus 245. And I was, I was about to make the bet, and something, something held me back. And then when they came out and scored a quick 10 to make it 17-10, I'm like, ah, I missed my opportunity. Well they uh, they managed to lose and I saved myself some money. But yeah, th- I do I do like to play those live lines from time to time. If you hit them just right, you got to jump on them at the right time. You could definitely make a little bit of bank on that. So uh, that brings us to the New York Giants at the Baltimore Ravens with a total of forty five. And the actual Giants have shown up now, Matt. They they have played terrible over the last couple of weeks. Hmm. I- I've never seen a division like this in my life. I mean, hmm. this is a who cannot get out of the other team's way to lose their way or backdoor their way into this division? So I have no Giants written down. Um, so if either of you guys have a Giants take you'd like to throw out there, TJ maybe? I don't know. You I know Matt's not playing Giants. <laughs> yeah, so we got nothing on the Giants. Let's jump over to the Ravens. I don't really love anybody on the Ravens side this week either. I mean, Dobbins is starting to get the volume but he's priced up at 6200 and it's no guarantee we've seen that in his backfield all year so and and we talked about Mark Andrews being priced up I think I saw him at 5700 and there's just better options at tight end as well and nobody's been an option at wide receiver there all year so guys before we jump right out of this game is there anything on the Baltimore side you're interested in
3: I just want to say that it's completely ridiculous that anybody ever believed in this Giants team with (laughs) the stretch of football that they played where they were like, what did they go? Like four and two against like just complete trash. Like all NFC East opponents and they like squeaked a win against Seattle who like can't like find their way out of a paper bag right now. Um, It's just completely ridiculous. Like the last two weeks are exactly who uh who they are regardless of anything else. I just I needed to get that out there because I'm I'm very pissed about this whole situation.
2: <laughs> the LA Rams are like, we see you Seattle and we'll we'll up you with the loss to the Jets. <laughs> you want to go <laughs> lose to the Giants? We'll show you. <laughs> we'll make this division that much closer. <laughs> so all right, um let's jump to a game I think we're gonna have a lot of uh players interested to play this week, and that is the Chicago Bears at the Jacksonville Jaguars with a, a high total of 48, and it is a Trubisky week, Matt Jones, 5,700. It's a Trubisky week. He's got – TJ doesn't – TJ's eyes just fell out of his head. It's I realize it's a David you. Montgomery week too. I realize it's an Al Robinson week. It's a Darnell Mooney week. I'm playing everybody in Chicago
1: this week, TJ. Go ahead. Bro. We just got done talking about the incompetence of the Jets and how do you win that game, okay? Now the tables have turned to the Jaguars. All you have to do is lose. They, there are going to be firm, firm orders to lose the game from the highest levels, and I don't care what happens. All right, Montgomery is coming off the largest workload of his career, the biggest game of his career, and he's on this just insane run. They're going to be ahead, and it is going to be another game like last week where he gets 30-plus carries and absolutely smashes. So Trubisky, if he hits, if A. Rob hits, I feel like that's got to be in the first half, and it's got to be almost exclusively in the first half. Tell me what you're wrong, Matt. Oh,
2: sorry. Oh, go ahead. No, I mean, I, I think I want to play all kinds of parts of this offense in, in different lineups, you know. I think I want to, you know, you got to script the game many different ways, and it could be that monster first half or where they just decide to keep working on stuff. But, no, I, without a doubt, the, the headliner in the game is Dave Montgomery. That's not an argument from me at all. And, again, it's $7,700, you know, priced around where Chubb is. it's it's He is on a massive run, but uh, I'll let Matt take over
3: you yeah, know it's just so weird like 2 weeks ago they like blow out the texans uh Montgomery's on the field like crazy and he gets what 11 carries 10 11 carries and then last week they're just like no, nah, we're not going to we're not going to do that again we're going to we're going to triple his workload <laughs> like it's just so random like he yeah look i mean his price has finally caught up to his workload um i think i don't know i'm a, i'm a little confused by his like past game usage last week where he only saw two targets in um you know a seemingly competitive game um but if they're just going to if they're just going to be like if they're content to just give him 30 carries in a game then like how the hell do you argue with anything um i think he'll probably be, I mean, depending on contest, probably 25 ish percent owned. He'll probably him and him and bell and maybe Eckler will be like the top three owned running backs. So you have to, you really have to make your, uh, GPP decisions based on like in that context that he's going to be super owned. Um, but yeah, I mean, he, the, the workload that he got and the way that he scored, uh, DraftKings points last week is super sustainable. So, um, the week before, you know, eleven carries with a, with an eighty yard rush probably isn't as sustainable. But um, can't play Houston every this, week, right? <laughs> but this past week, like he he did everything that you want him to do. So, yeah, um, I think he's in strong consideration for cash, and it's uh, you know you have to you have to make an ownership decision in in GBBs.
2: Every week we talk about James Robinson. Uh he's the cheapest he's been in weeks at sixty eight hundred dollars, but he is banged up. He had to leave the game early last week. They're going to test him to see if he could go this week. But this is a really tough matchup at the TJ's point. Uh Chicago should be running away with this game. And they do throw to him, but I don't think it's enough at that price when you got other guys like Montgomery right in this game that is not too much more expensive, guys. So if there's anything on the Jacksonville side that I'm that I'm missing. Uh, throw it out there or we could move on to the next game.
1: I'm just utterly convinced that there's going to be the most firm of orders to lose the game. So we may just see Robinson play a handful of snaps. If something goes wrong, say, and we were talking about Trubisky and I, I don't think we got to how you guys actually feel about whether he's playable or A-Rob is playable. I'm not going to, but I, there are no Jaguars in play for that reason. I mean, uh, I saw a report today that it's no lack that they even start Minshew so they could go back to Mike Glennon to essentially guarantee the loss, you know. So uh, wh- where are you guys at, though, on uh, Trubes and a rob
2: I think the most attractive pass-catching option is Mooney at 4,000 on that side. But I will have Trubisky and a rob in lineups, like in sub lineups. Not a lock, but there's a chance they could go for a pair of touchdowns in the first half, which isn't a great, you know, Trubisky number. It's a good, it's a better A-Rob number, but I think Mitch could do enough. Mitch could even run one in. We've seen him run. He, the guy, he runs the ball. So, uh, but that's uh, Matt's, that's Matt's boy. So.
3: Yeah. I mean, Mooney has been, has been used in the red zone over the last couple of weeks a little bit. So I don't, you know, I don't necessarily hate that as far as like, as far as Trubisky's running goes, like he is, you know, he's, he's good for a couple points on the ground right now. He's not really like, uh, you know, a few years ago when he was like really running and adding like five, six points on the ground every week. Um, you know, that, I think those days are, are probably done whether it's by design or whether it's because he, you know, has the yips or whatever, uh, (laughs) with that because of all the shoulder injuries. But, um, I think he's probably making business decisions more often than not when he's running these days.
2: Well, let's jump into the Denver Broncos. We're into the late games now, the final three games of the slate Denver at the Los Angeles Chargers with a total of 48.5. It's a nice total. It's uh, they're expecting to score points in this game. I'm not personally on anybody in this game. I just, the Chargers have done me wrong and, Bad ways this year. And Keenan Allen screwed a lot of people last week in season long leagues. And um, hopefully he does it again this week because in the Capitals Pigs 3 final, TJ, all three teams that I face have Keenan Allen on their roster. So hopefully he doesn't play or gives them last week. But Matt, I heard you mention Eckler as one of the top three owned running backs this week. And he gets very attractive at 76. Hundred hours, so uh, go in on, on on Eckler, and if there's anything else in this Chargers offense, you like.
3: Yeah, I mean, I I don't see how this game hits forty eight and a half points. Um, just in general, I feel like uh, I think it could be competitive. I think it could be like a you know a grinded out type game, but I don't really I don't really see the avenue where where both of these teams uh combined for 50 points personally um i think that eckler is uh you know he's he's just been inconsistent with his pass usage like he has a couple games where he's pushing double digit targets he has a couple games where he's you know like three or four targets um and he's not really getting a whole lot of opportunity on the ground so um I think in theory you you're probably banking on hit, on this game um like on Denver getting out to a lead like how does that happen like on what planet does Denver get out to a lead and like the char- Chargers have to play catch up I don't know um I think that I mean this is this is for sure not going to age well but I think that Eckler's like one of the easier uh fades for me this week at at his cost and because of this game environment
1: I, I tend to agree with you. I think Eckler is more of like a one-off option this week. Uh, just, you know, in the case that he hits, you're just kind of pivoting off of one of the guys we're playing instead. Um, I think that's – he's the only viable player, I feel like, on the Chargers side. So if we flip it over to the Denver side, I mean, Melvin's fine, but he needs two touchdowns, so it's like it, – yeah. it's thin. He's like an MMA player, maybe 10% in the 20 max. I don't know. Um, as far as MME plays go, I think both Fant and Hamler uh, bring the ceilings, especially at cost. And I don't hate them, but I'm also having difficulty seeing how I get to them if I'm making 10 lineups or fewer.
2: Yeah. I mean, Fant has been the, the nicest receiving option in, in the offense the last couple of weeks. So I could see that, and we know your Hamler level will, will never die hard. So <laughs> let's jump Over to the Eagles and the Dallas Cowboys. This game comes in close to 50, 49.5. And TJ, I want you to explain to Matt why Jalen Hurts brings the possibility of a double bonus.
1: Because he's almost as good as Taysom Hill. I mean, so it's uh, – I mean, it's definitely a, a, spot, a spot where he can smash. I mean, if we look at last week, he had, what, 68. And uh, did he get – I believe he got the passing bonus. He bonus did. He, he, had over 300 he had
2: 60 and yeah. change relative the ball. Yep.
1: Yep. And, I mean, they really aren't running a dissimilar offense to what Taysom okay. Hill runs in New Orleans. Game script doesn't matter. It's going to get there one way or the other. So – I, that's why in Hertz was the quarterback I was mentioning when uh, we were talking about Watson earlier and saving 600 there. I just gravitate more to Hertz and Dallas is still really bad. They let everyone score on them. So.
2: So how do we figure out which wide receiver to start that? Or do we just not, right? Cause this is the 31st ranked wide receiver defense in Dallas. And listen to this stat line from last week for Greg for Ward. He saw five targets, four receptions, two touchdowns, 15 yards. He had 15 yards in that game on four receptions with two touchdowns. That's, that's uh, Mike that's Evans-esque.
3: Crowder-esque.
2: Matt, so um, Matt, first of all, would you play Jalen Hurts? I know it's, you, you've not really been your type of uh, quarterback in the, in the past, but would you play him? What
3: What is it? I don't know where this is coming from.
2: I guess it's, it's the taste it's, of milk pain that made me think that.
3: Yeah. Hurt Hertz is what Sean Payton thinks Taysom Hill is. Okay, okay,
2: good, good. Because <laughs> I, I love him. Okay, good. So excellent.
3: Um, yeah, no, I like. Look, uh, how can you, how can you argue with like this actual like spark that he's that he's provided for them? Um, I think that there's like seven thousand is obviously a completely different conversation than the past two weeks where he's in the 5,000s. But I mean, he's, he's actually done it, right? Like he's, he's hit the rushing bonus. He's hit the passing bonus. Um, The issue, like you sort of alluded to was that, that like, who the hell are you stacking him with? Because four of his receivers have over a 15% target share uh, in over the last two weeks. So like just, real quick do the math <laughs> like 4 guys over 15% is not ideal for for stacking purposes there's not there's not a true like alpha guy there um you might you might find uh week to week hitting on the right guy but i think you have to take a lot of swings at it to get to that point so i think that it's one of those situations where you probably have to play him by himself or, um, you know, just play them in a ton of lineups and and try to hit every combination, which is probably like negative EV. Just doing that uh, over and over. Naked is the way to go. Yeah, away. like naked is the You can't you can't just be like, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna quintuple my lineups this week because I need to cover all the bases for Jalen Hurts. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, Could I think
2: on shot Jeffrey somewhere you've gone.
3: I think you. So, I think you play him, uh, and you pick you pick an option, maybe uh, a cheaper option on the way back in the Dallas game, and uh, and move on and find you know a, a creative game stack in you know the rest of your lineup somewhere.
2: Hey, listen, maybe Ertz a thirty one hundred. He had a nice big play, which he only caught two of his seven targets, but um, you could you could do worse than thirty one hundred hundred dollars because you know the possibility upsides there, yeah. but. Real quick before we move to Dallas, um, the good news for Miles Sanders is the touches have been there. The bad news is, much like Kenyon Drake early in the year, you, losing the possibility of rushing touchdowns to his quarterback, Kyle Murray, you have that option now with Jalen Hurts. And um, the, the touches have been there, the volume, but just not the numbers for Miles Sanders. So – um, I don't know if you guys are, you know, at seven grand if you want to go that direction. And some better options, but I will turn the Dallas side over to you guys because I must have been preparing for Festivus and I wrote down nothing for Dallas, not even the prices of their players. So it is the TJ Calkins, Matt Jones, Dallas hour. Go ahead, guys.
1: Well, we still got to finish Philly because, uh, uh, to Matt's credit, on matchups don't matter. Sanders has two two. Two 2-TD two games of the year and his best two games of the year were Pittsburgh and New Orleans, and I'm not sure this is a difficult enough matchup for him. So, but uh, it, it, in actuality, he is a good leverage player, you know, fading Hurts, fading everyone else. Uh He truly could smash here. But uh, on to Dallas, I mean, we're talking about Pollard, and he's kind of in that same price range, a little bit cheaper. We don't know about Zeke, so this is going to be a late-in-the-week uh, decision to make. He's clearly highly in play. And you know what? When we were talking about, who are we talking about? Uh, Landry? No, not Landry. We were talking about somebody. Oh, we were talking about DJ Moore, that Amari Cooper is the guy right next to him uh, in the price bracket. He's the one guy I would want to play uh, outside of Pollard on Dallas. And outside of that, I don't think I'd have any issues unless you told me C D Lamb was going to return an onside kick for a touchdown at the end of the game. Matt, um, where are you at?
3: Yeah, no, I, I feel similar. I think, um, I mean, Lamb Lam has been getting volume. It, he just hasn't scored in a month besides, you know, the fluke thing last week. Um, I think that, uh, like, I don't know. I, I don't really love this game either, so I'm just kind of like whatever about it. Like, I don't really want to go crazy. Um, Like, a Hertz Cooper lineup is probably the closest I'm getting to like heavy exposure to this game this week and I'm you know content even though it's almost a 50 point total to to move on from that
2: we we have seen two of those kick return touchdowns this year it's I mean it's not something you see that often and see two of them uh has been pretty Pretty cool, it's um, a
3: trend, we got to count on it. they need to go back
1: to the old rule. Onside kicks are yeah. s- the most unexciting play in football now. I mean, it rivals a kneel down.
2: They've killed it, they've absolutely killed what, what was once a very exciting part of the game. Something that you cannot catch people even by surprise with anymore. i la Sean Payton in the Super Bowl a few years back. Um, you know, listen. I'd love to see Zeke just absolutely benched and not allowed to play the rest of the year, but I almost think he gets his way if they do that, because I think he gave up on the season and he doesn't want to play. So in a way I want them to force him to dress every week go out there and kind of annoy the shit out of him. But, um, you know, I want to see Powell to get the opportunity. And let me ask you guys was, was Powell an absolute lock for you last week when, when the news came out, I ended up not putting him in, um I did well with my cash lineup anyway, but was he an absolute lock last week, Matt? Yeah. Yeah, I I knew I should have moved that Yeah, move. <laughs> um all right. He was close.
1: Um I, I didn't fully lock because I shuffled five backs last week and I, I went in all different directions between him, Taylor, Montgomery, Ahmed, and I, I got lucky with four nuts. So Um, In retrospect, I don't think that was the best play, but those are the
2: five backs I used. It looked pretty bad for Fournette until that first touchdown came, and then he found the end zone one more time. Yeah, That really paid off um, in a non-traditional way. All right, let's wrap it up with the Los Angeles Rams at the Seattle Seahawks. The two teams coming off of horrible losses to the New York uh, teams. By the way, the two lowest-scoring overall teams in the NFL, the Jets and the Giants, these two teams lost. To those teams, 47.5 total. Uh, listen, it should be a spirited game since they are playing for the division at this point. Uh, but I, I don't know. I I'm I'm not on Seattle. Uh, for me, everybody's priced too high for a tough matchup. I expect the Rams defense to play better. I expect them to play up to the level that they played every week before facing the vaunted New York Jet offense. Mm-hmm. Um, so Matt, I'll start with you. Do you like anybody on on the Seattle side and if yes, who?
3: I mean this this may be spicy, but I feel like this ends up being like the uh like the game of the year like I just think this is gonna be like back and forth um and I think that it's gonna be uh like way underowned for the the potential for that to happen. Um, so I'm like actively trying to figure out. A bunch of different ways to, uh, to stack this game, and like it's you know it's the obvious the obvious options, but yeah, I, I'm I'm very high on this game this week.
1: Yeah, that's wasabi, but I like it a lot, man. <laughs> um, I do have difficulty with the Seattle side, though. I mean, I think you meant earlier how. Awful putrid they've been on offense. I mean, it's been ugly, and it still stems from the coaching. They remain utterly awful. I just need to know if DK can actually win this matchup, because he did not in the first matchup, first time these two teams played. On the other hand, though, on the Rams side, I love golf, I love Woods, I love Cup, and I think that's the double stack of the week if we're making them. Uh, with Akers out, like we're going to go back to perhaps that just heavy, heavy volume, quick hit, quick hit, quick hit to the two players they feature. I don't trust Henderson against Seattle. Goff double stack, and if I have a comeback, I want Lockett. He did have nine targets in that first game. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, <laughs> Lockett loses you money every week until he doesn't. So maybe this is the week he doesn't. <laughs>
2: Well, Matt TJ um, said he didn't trust Daryl Henderson. You, you were tweaking a little bit about losing Cam Akers, but forty five hundred dollars. Uh, any interest in Daryl Henderson at a cheap, really cheap price? We seen him do it earlier. I mean, he's done it, but the offense has been. Man.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think, I, I think his his workload for forty five hundred is probably going to be uh you know pretty crazy i i think that there are going to be people on both ends of the spectrum that uh, are way too high on him and just think that he's like an automatic because of what he's done in the past and he's only 4500 i definitely have uh you know tempered expectations for him um but i i just i find it hard to avoid uh guys in it, running backs in this price range that are going to see like a decent chunk of work. So um, I'm definitely going to, I'm definitely going to be building around him um, and this game in general.
2: Think about Henderson well, and, G- and Gio. You can fit all the chiefs in that lineup.
1: Fun bit of trivia, which Rams back at 19 points against Seattle in the first game.
2: Um, Malcolm Brown.
1: <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs>
2: Is he on a team? Yeah. No, no. Oh, I miss you, Malcolm um all right guys listen that is it somehow we turned 10 games into an hour five minutes but
3: shocker um
2: guys it, it's, matt, christmas it's, week. It's, it's the holiday week so um matt parting words for people who have followed us all year
3: oh we're done
2: no we're coming back after the, after christmas i'm just saying
3: oh i was like geez i was like for christmas? yeah yeah all right um yeah just just play russ and dk and uh enjoy your enjoy your holiday
1: mr calkins when matt's more contrarian than me I, i'm here for it i love it <laughs> <laughs> i absolutely love it yeah I, you know thank you guys we, we appreciate all the support and i hope you all have a very healthy very happy very safe holiday season yes, stay safe and um I hope you don't have to listen to sound too often, but, you know, at least every week on this pod.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and listen, uh, yes, thank you to you guys. And from us at the Rotoviz family, the On the Daily DFS family, Merry Christmas to you. Uh, whatever it is that you celebrate this holiday season, enjoy it. Uh, if you can be with family in a safe way, awesome. If not, do it, you know, through Zoom, the way I see TJ and Matt each week right here. I still feel the love. In a room, even when TJ insults me. So, uh, enjoy it, everyone. And we will see you with a little New Year's slate and uh, hopefully get you back into the